Are you looking for a great tasting healthy breakfast option? I'm Damien Christoph and I'm a naturopath, nutritionist and chiropractor. Forest cereal is 100% gluten and oat free with no processed sugar, preservatives or additives and made only with the highest quality ingredients. With a range of paleo, vegan and FODMAP friendly muesli blends, Forage cereal is bound to make breakfast your favorite meal of the day if it wasn't already. Well, guess what? For a limited time only, all Wellness Couch listeners will receive 20% off all online purchases over $50. That's right, you'll get 20% off all online purchases over $50. To do this, visit www.foragecereal.com and enter the code COUCH at the checkout and save. That's www.foragecereal.com and then the code COUCH, C-O-U-C-H, at the checkout to save. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind with your hosts, Lawrence and Karen Tam. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in life, love, and legacy. We're your hosts, Lawrence and Karen Tam. Well, today is uh, a very special episode because we literally just thought of a process. We were just talking, actually, we were having a discussion on something, and all of a sudden, we go, you know what? This is a great topic. So we decided to follow our intuition to go, this is going to be a great topic and let's do it on this. Which is? Which is on intuition. <laughs> so the, the, here's, here's the setup. Um, you, okay. Talk, I'll, I'll share my story yeah, you because your story we've had a couple of really weird things that keep happening. And one was when we were, we just got back from holiday in California. And when I was there, I was holding a mug and I was making myself a cup of tea and I was pouring the hot water into the mug. And I've never had this thought before, but it, literally came into my mind. I wonder if anybody has ever poured hot water into a mug and that mug has just suddenly cracked in their hand and hot water spilt out. And then as soon as I had that thought, just as as that thought had finished, it went ping. The mug literally cracked in my hand and hot water started pouring out. Now I was able to respond pretty quickly to that because I'd had that four processing mm. thought to quickly get it out of my hands so that I didn't burn myself and get it down. But I was like, how weird is that? Like how many mm. teas do I drink a day mm. <laughs> over yeah. my lifetime? And I've never had that thought before and to have had it seconds before that did happen in my hand. So we could argue is whether it's intuition or your possible superpowers <laughs> that could crack that mug. My mind is so strong. <laughs> I cracked it. That actually scares me. Yeah. Uh, so no, and, and that's really interesting because, you know, we've talked about that before in our past, like through our lives, like with these, all these weird things have happened. Like, and here's, here's an example, another one where I, when I was in practice, oftentimes I'd be driving somewhere. You know, and all of a sudden, mm. like a person, a person's someone, just, a, someone, just someone yeah, someone you hadn't seen for a really long time. There'd be no reason why their name or their image should pop into your head, and yeah. it would. It just pops in my head, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird. I haven't thought about them for a while. Wonder how they're doing." And literally, like literally, that day, I go in the office. They're booked in. Or they got, they called in for an appointment. It was so weird. And I remember the first couple of times when I first started in practice, I thought, oh, this is just weird. But then it kept on happening over and over again. Now, it's not like it's not evidence-based. It's not 100% happens. But it happened more often than not. And when it does, it's just like, wow, I just realized how 
connected we are, so you know we are to the world, and this is where this is kind of where we're kind of talking to. Like, where does intuition come from? Where you know how does it actually apply back into mm. our life, and in terms of the decision making uh, process that we actually have. And I'm going to challenge people because you might be thinking they're going, yeah, that doesn't happen to me. I think it happens to everyone. And I think it happens a lot more than what we realize. So let it percolate in the back of your mind and just leave it, just leave it there and sit with it. Even if you're sitting there with it for a few weeks or a few days and just, just see if anything comes up with it. Because I think more often than not, you're going to find somebody that you just thought of suddenly calls you or suddenly texts you, or you just have a weird feeling about something. And then you find out something happened somewhere. Yeah, and oftentimes it's like, um, like for yeah, 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 like literally, we decided to do this because yesterday um, I was listening to a podcast um, who was interviewing one someone I knew for Mastermind Talks, and they were talking about how he bought this company or he sold his company to this other guy who I also know, uh, Kenton. And literally, I thought, oh, I wonder how Kenton is because Kenton. Um, his wife was uh, his wife w- was part, one of my roommates in Brave Soul last year in Ireland, which is about a year ago. He literally messaged me that night, like maybe two hours later. I haven't heard from him like in probably over a year. He messaged me, goes, "Hey Lawrence, I'm in Ireland. Was just thinking about you," and I was like, "This is." freaky. This is kind of weird, right? Right. And this is the type of instance we're talking about and how it applies to your life. Because oftentimes you're right. Most people just ignore it. Okay. Some people listening go like, oh, this happens to me all the time. Where some of you might be going like, this is just crazy talk. This is, you know, it doesn't happen. But if you're not open to the idea to actually listen to or be aware of these, it actually does um, impact on your decision-making. Why do you think maybe that some people, not everybody, but this doesn't happen all the time. Like sometimes I find there'll be, I'll go a long time without anything happening like that. And then other times it'll be incident after incident after incident where I thought of somebody and then called them or they called me. Obviously they called me. If I called them, that kind of defeats the purpose of what I'm talking about. But why is it? Do you think, do you think it's just maybe when we're more in flow that we see these things and when we're really busy and we're stressed, we don't pay attention to little signs. I think these signs happen because you have to be, um, well, first of all, you have to be aware, which means that allows you to, you actually have to be in a, in a process where you allow things to actually percolate and to allow these um, little, you know, if you want to call them signs or these um, these thoughts that actually come through. But if you're busy thinking over, thinking and thinking and thinking, you there's never not actually, room there's no it. room for it to, to squeeze through. And so oftentimes we are in such a distracted world. Oftentimes we don't even, you know, we don't even see these coincidences if you want to call them, but these, there is synchronicity, right? There's synchronicity in this and it does. Um, and here's the, here's the example. So for those for non-believers, I, I recently interviewed uh, Randy Kelly, who's a friend of mine, who's a former Navy SEAL sniper. Uh, you might have heard me talk about him a couple times, and I interviewed him for my Nitro group for my for my private coaching clients, and I just felt that he could bring a lot of value in terms of decision making from a Navy SEAL sniper, and that because their decision um, as a Navy SEAL sniper is life or death, right? It's mm. their life and death, and it's also life and death of their, of their teammates, and also life and death of the people that are, that they're trying to protect. He must have so many cool stories. I oh. met I met him as well, and I just went. He was such a quiet, nice man. And I was just thinking, oh, I want to know. You must have so many things. I want to know so many secrets that nobody's supposed to know, but I want to know them. He's such a, like he is like you, he's such a small manner man. You would never know he was a Navy SEAL. No. Unless I told you, right? I'd kill you with it, a second. Oh, exactly. And I spent some time with him in Japan. He's just such an interesting man. But he, he talked about decision-making. And as a Navy SEAL, one of the decision-making processes, there's actually three levels. 
Okay. All right. Hit um, us with them. What are the three levels? Forces. The three levels is this. He goes, if he's going to go on the battlefield, and this is like, I'm talking like, not like planning out a project. Obviously they plan, they have, you know, uh, go through a, uh, a planning process with the team and everybody knows exactly what they're doing. But I'm talking about in the moment. So now they're on a mission. During the mission, what they actually have to kind of go through the decision process, because it's split seconds, right? We're talking like mini, mini milliseconds. Their first decision-making process or he, his decision-maker is actually intuition. His first level, which is surprising, Interesting, right? yeah. So because you think, oh, no, because they're training. Just listen to me and let's carry this conversation for the next five minutes because it makes a lot of sense. So intuition is Intuition is the first thing. He goes, basically, he goes, some, he, there's been times where he goes, somehow in his gut, his intuition says, don't move left. Move to the right. And sure enough, those instances, there's like a bomb or landmine, like sitting on the left-hand side. Like he just goes, he needs to trust his intuition is the highest form of trust that he actually Is this just him? This is his process? Or is this how the Navy SEALs teach them that first step? I, 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 to be honest, don't I don't know, know okay. but I know that that's his process, but I believe okay. it's actually part of, of the whole process uh, of the Navy SEALs. Now, not everybody's in tune to them, to their thoughts, yeah. um, but I mean, I imagine he is like really into it because I know he teaches meditation and everything, but he says basically intuition is the first thing. So if he has to make a call, this position, the question he asks himself is, what does my intuition tell me? Mm-hmm. What does my intuition tell And What if it doesn't say anything? What if, exactly. So if the intuition tells him to do something, he's going to go and do that because right. he says the intuition always knows. Okay. It trumps all the other decision process. The second thing he goes, if, if the answer is no, if the intuition says there's nothing, it doesn't, it doesn't, give, him, no. doesn't give him anything, yeah. then he goes to a second level of decision-making. Okay. The second level of decision-making um, is instincts. An instinct is... Isn't that the same? Instinct and intuition? Yeah, some people often think. I thought that too. But instinct is actually a trained skill, right? It's something like, I mean, think about a Navy SEAL. If someone attacks him, like, right. launches, if you decide to punch him in the face, like, his instinct's going to kick in... On how to, to block. How to block it and, and take you down. Himself. Right, exactly. And that is a train process. And this is what the Army and, you know, navies and all those people do. They basically train you to have these instincts that you don't even have to think about it. So it's just like driving a car, a manual car... You, you know, for those people who drive a manual car, like you don't even think about driving anymore because it's, it's a trained instinct of, to know, to avoid certain things, to look for certain things. You, and, and that's what comes to experience, right? That's why a 16-year-old driving a car for the very first time, they don't actually have the same amount of experience as someone who's driven for 10 years simply because yeah. they don't. That if there's a really bad storm or something, they're going to handle it totally differently right. to somebody who's got all those years of logged in. Yeah, anybody who's flying a plane or tra- like all the stuff, you have thousands of information that's being plotted to you. Your brain just processes all that because you have the experience. But someone who's brand new at something doesn't have that same capability to process information. So instinct here is really important. And so... So first of all, intuition. Second of all, is instinct. So now he asked the question to the instinct. If intuition said no, there's no answer to it. He goes, what does my instinct tell me? What does my training tell me to do right now? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, obviously, you know, there's answers. But what if there is no answer? What if the instinct doesn't tell you anything about the situation, how, how to decide, how to move, how to act accordingly? Then he goes as the third level of decision making. The third level of decision making is, you know, he calls it cognition. I will call it intelligence. It's almost like that's where you actually think, what should I do right now? Okay. Right. And what's interesting about this is, is that those, the levels of um, thinking, uh, he calls it a thinking toolbox. The levels of thinking toolbox is, is that the higher the level, the less trust or less correct 
it will actually be. So the more thinking you're actually doing when you're getting into your head space. Yes, the more thinking and the more analysis that you actually add to it in a split second decision, usually that's when you're. Do you know what, that, that kind of makes sense because I, you know, we try to teach the children to follow to follow rules and to listen to what we say. And I remember there was an instance, and I said to the children, "Just stand there, don't move." Mm. Right, mm-hmm. and when I came back, they had moved slightly to the edge or done something different, and I came back, and, and they were like, "I'm sorry, sorry, mommy," and I'm like, "Well, why, why are you apologizing?" And they said, "Because you told us not to move," and I said, "Yeah," but they said, "But there was a man coming through with a really big cart, and it would have hit us, so we had to move." And I said, "Well, God, yes, of course, like that's mm. totally different. You need to use that intuition. You need to use that instinct. That this is not safe, even though I've been told to stay here. If I follow the rules." Hmm. I'm going to get hurt. I need to deviate from the black and white and to do that. And that's a hard thing to teach children because we're teaching them to follow rules, but at the same time, getting them to use their intuition or getting them to use their instincts. And I think that's something that you kind of learn over time. Yeah. And and, and that is a part of the decision process. Obviously, the more information comes through. But I think what ends up happening is that the more rules we actually place upon society – Mm-hmm. Um, the harder it is to actually maneuver because let's think, let's face it. Like look at, look at a massive company, right? So a company with hundreds of employees, um, or even just in society, like let, let's look at, let's uh, look at Google because I think Google would be very high on having intuition and instinct as well as having cognition. Don't you think? Hmm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go, go with it. Go with that thought. <laughs> well, you did. No, I'm just thinking cause you're talking about rules and stuff. And when your brother just went and looked at Google, it, I know there's been a lot of changes since we've been there millions of years ago when dinosaurs roamed, but um, <laughs> there's been a lot of changes, but it's still a very different workplace. Like I remember somebody was saying when they saw it, they're like, this isn't workplace. This is like being on vacation. Mm. And I think they've purposely t- tried to destructure it and make it not look so cookie cutter and regulated and in doing so, the environment is almost giving the permission for the people's brains and their cognition and their thinking to be more creative and to be more free and to think outside the box. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's the place and time for rules and structure, but there's also a place and time where you just allow to have spontaneity, uh, spontane- spontaneity, spontaneity. Uh, to happen. So one of the ways Steve Jobs built Apple uh, when he first started was that he put the toilets uh, the, the toilets uh, and bathrooms. That's restrooms for our American fans. <laughs> in various places that is not conventional. So he actually like placed it in the middle of the, say, the middle of the uh, the, the building, for example. I don't know exact, the exact story, but he created these these scenarios so that there would be random chance for various departments to bump into each other. Right? <laughs> so that you can create spontaneity idea because you never know who you bump into, who you meet, and how the collaboration of ideas start to happen. That's exactly what happened in Google. If you remember when we went there, there's this massive whiteboard um, when we first start seeing it, and someone would just write an idea down, right? Just a yeah. total, you know, whack wacko idea and then someone walked by and go oh that's interesting but have you thought about it from this perspective and they would add to this whiteboard and all these people would just collaborate and that's what makes these companies sort of succeed is through the collaboration and random you know quote unquote random chances of bumping into each other and that causes these spontaneous ideas that can actually change you know possibly the world when you're talking about spontaneity, it's reminding me as well, when you were at Masterminds, they um, they had this really cool competition where he, at the end of it, they brought in hmm. performers. Was it about five performers? Yeah, they brought in about five From performers. all over Canada and basically... And the United States. Oh, and the United States. Yeah. And they paid to fly them in, gave them one night's accommodation, and these guys were competing against each other for a $10,000 prize. That's right. Really yeah. cool idea. You got to listen to them and you guys got to vote. But something really unique came out of it that you were sharing with me, at, and I believe it was at the end when they were asked to perform a song together. 
Yes. And it was a set song. They'd practiced it together. And in the recording, they're doing it. They're doing a fabulous job of doing it and taking turns. But then suddenly, it was just like the magic happened. They just started doing like a mashup of other songs and just using the same beat to the yeah, one song, same beat. It's the same music, but it was the lyrics songs. that you'd recognize from other songs being sung to that beat. And yeah. I just think to be in that, that would be incredibly intuitive and using just their, their gut intuition as to this feels right, right now to mm. sing it like this and to do it. And you know what, if they were to do it a second time, I don't know if it, it wouldn't sound the same way. Yeah, it would be completely are, different. These, and it was amazing to see the magic that came on their faces as they started just really getting into their groove. And these are six people who don't know each other. Like they don't, they're far from different various parts of the world from almost Texas, Montreal, like, you know, like they're all from across the, uh, North America. And they just happened to, they all flew in like that day. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they, I think they had a rehearsal, but they were, asked to create this song and so it's amazing to be able to see like you know the creation and the creativity of six different people uh, to work on something that they had to perform you know within an hour or so and plus the pressure of performing their own song to win to, a $10,000 yeah. prize oh, exactly. right so it's, it's amazing to be able to create that collaboration when you have um, great people put in together into a room you never know and that's why I love masterminds in the sense of like I create my these masterminds is because it's not about it's not about trying to get one idea but it's like one person comes up with one idea and all of a sudden the second person comes adds to that idea and then the third person adds to that, that original idea will become actually 10 times if not 100 times better than the original if they thought of it only by themselves mm-hmm. and when you put it uh, together in a, sm- a group of a group of people in a smart gr- a group a smart people in a group uh, in a group environment and allow them to sit there and percolate those ideas all of a sudden it challenges and that's why I love joining in masterminds that's why I created my own masterminds and so I really just want to create these experiences. And it's not just about being in a room, you know, lockdown and everything else, but it's about having that creativity and flow, you know, whether it be hiking and, and doing well, stuff. I think people lose that sometimes because I know we've run some events like that and people are like, well, where's the content? Where's the, I, I need to learn ABC. So when I walk out of this, I can implement it. And you, there is a time and a place for that for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's also creating the opportunity for this where you're like, you know what? You need to explore what you can learn from this. James Tan, you interviewed him on one of your, um, your vlogs. Mm. I really liked what he had to say because you were asking, why do you go to mastermind talks? What is it you're trying to get out of it? And the reason he goes is that he wants to just see people in their pure passion and their pure genius and brilliance and in their flow. Mm. And he said, one person saw somebody talking about something they'd done that was successful. And they're like, I'm going to copy that and do the same thing, but I'm going to do it for women. Mm. And he looked at them and he said, but you'll never be as successful as they are, because you're trying to be somebody else. You're not being yourself. He goes, what you need to identify is what are you brilliant at? What are you passionate at? And then in your flow, create what you need to do. And that's really what he goes to see is just to observe what people's different passions and flows are. Yeah. And when you're in a, and when you're in a room of people who are in flow with their own passion, you start to recognize that everybody is, has a superpower. And it's about recognizing your own superpower and identifying as much as possible. And then, you know, seeing how it fits into someone else's life. Because really, I believe all of us are intuitively focused on, there is a part of us that really wants to help others. Like I, I, I fundamentally believe that. And 
even if it's just one person, it doesn't have to be hundreds of millions of people, but just even helping others. So you will bring in to something, you know, you, for, for example, the other day you were talking about like someone made a comment about you being organized, you mm-hmm. know, being, you know, you're super organized, you're taking it to the next level. And it was just for, you know, they say it was just for a school disco for, you know, kindergarten for, for Christian. But yet, it's the best disco ever. <laughs> and 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 one of the things that you know you were surprised by it, but I said to you, I go, that's something that you don't. Um, no, you do recognize, but you don't realize that that's hard for a lot of people, like ninety ninety five percent of the people in this world who that skill set, that organization skill, to the level that you do it, to the detail, is very hard for people. And then when you can embrace that, when you can actually leverage it and actually uh, acknowledge it first, is that's the hard part, and then embracing it leveraging it all of a sudden you become um you you actually become you know a part of this world or part of someone else's picture that helps elevate their brand or their skill set and enhance their superpower it's almost like you know the superpower teams right the justice leagues or the you know the, the the avengers are all better when they're all together because only you know by themselves, they only have superpowers, but they also have their own weaknesses. But then having supplements of other people supporting that team allows you to accelerate. And that's that the same thing with relationships, like our relationship. When we talk about love, for example, relationship is, is more powerful when we work together because you have strengths, uh, I have strengths, and we also both have weaknesses. So when we combine to, to really teach our kids to becoming the best version of themselves, they need to see both both of our superpowers they need to they take hopefully what they'll do is that they'll take the best of you the best of me and then you know hone in on what the best of who and really enhance their their best version of themselves as they grow up and that's the same thing with you know business and also in your life you we can't achieve um everything on your own you know um someone someone actually uh zach who uh, who's in the wheelchair he t- he had a great this great talk and one of the lines he said was and i hope i don't screw this up he goes you know i'm not self-made i'm community made you know because hmm. the community made him you know he's he's he didn't do every, everything by himself he couldn't you know he's he's cerebral palsy um he put out challenges to go climb this you know this mountain and to go see a waterfall but he can't like he's in a wheelchair right which relied on his friends to take him on this experience and to carry him physically carry him and then realize that the structure that they actually had ripped along the way so then they had to decide to whether to give up or they continued onwards and they carried on his back you know carried him all the way and he got to experience a waterfall you know, and we take it for granted because, you know, we've all done waterfalls. We've kind of, you know, walked along the heights, but we take it for granted because he can't do that. Yeah. You know, that's not, you know, it's not something to he, everyone. Exactly. And he was able to create an, you know, his friends were able to create a memory for him and an experience that he'll never forget, but he's community made. And I think all of us got to where we are today because of the community and be it, interesting. I'm thinking, I'm agreeing with you. It is based on community. It'd be interesting too, to reflect on maybe decisions you've made in work or in, in your relationship and actually looking back and seeing how much and how often you've actually relied on intuition. Yeah. Well, to that's make the that thing. decision because the intuition of meeting certain people, like meeting certain friends, like sometimes like, I don't know, like some of my best friends, I don't know what it is about them. Like I recognize, I look at all my friends that are really, really close to me. There was always, every single one, I can always attribute that there was something about them that I was attracted to. Like something intuitively says, you know what? I should get to know them better. Mm-hmm. I should get to know them. And, 
And every single time is, you know, not every single time, but definitely those people that are really close to, there's some, there's something about that, that it was, it all started from that intuition in myself to go, I should spend a little bit more time to make an effort to get to know this person. And I think it's learning to trust that intuition because I think we get so much into headspace that we don't. And we re- I really believe it's a really pl- a strong area that we do need to focus on that we don't put a lot of focus on is just learning to identify when we've done it in the past and, and was it a good decision we made based on that intuition so that you really start honing into it and leaning into it a little bit more. I, I'm always saying to the children to trust their intuition because at the end of the day, that you know knowledge that they have about a situation whatever i teach them it's that world's constantly changing the people in the world nobody's following the same game plan or the same rules so i can give them the knowledge that they need but at the end of the day they've got to distrust trust their gut mm. to know what's the right thing to do in this situation and sometimes intuition is hard like it to trust the intuition is really tough like a lot of people have been asking me in the past you know like how did you uh, decide to stop chiropractic or leave practice. Um, how did you decide to move from Sydney? Do you know what? Because it's a scary thing because it's not quantifiable. You exactly. can't. There's you no can't, evidence. There's no evidence. You can't say to people, "Well, this happened," so, and they go, "Yes, that makes sense." I know when we moved here, people said, "So, what did his business transfer him?" And I said, "No." <laughs> and they're like, "So, well, uh, well, well," and that was basically what I yeah. got. And they're like, "Well, h- how come you're here?" And we said, "You know what? We just felt we needed to sell up and move." Yeah. And they don't know what to do with that because mm. that is a scary thing to do. Yeah, it was scary for us. Like it was, scary. Yeah. we went through a period of a couple of months where it was really, really scary. When we, when we, when I decided to, um, I remember first telling you uh, when that I said, you know what, I think I'm going to give this um, chiropractic uh, a miss for a bit, like just take a sabbatical. You're like, what? In your reaction, and then after a while, you once you kind of let it sink, like let it sink in for a little while, and it goes okay because you know we've been together for long enough to kind of you just know that. You know what? If that's what fe- feels right for you, then we need to kind of possibly just look, explore it at least. Explore mm-hmm. it. Not necessarily we actually we don't do everything, but we just do everything we just decide on. But it's like we have to explore this. And you know me well enough that this is you know when there's something like oh this is just like a intellectual thing that you go okay like okay, you had your fun playing around with that in- in- intellectually <laughs> let's move on here or but you just know that something we just didn't feel right. I just felt it wasn't. I needed to move. I needed to leave Perth um, to to come to Sydney. I don't know what it is. I just felt like there was a need, and we have we followed those intuition. We felt the need to stay in Australia. Like that was one thing that was really big. Yeah, because you know, we were only coming here for ten months. Then it was over. We had to go back, and when we got here, our intuition just said no. This, this, this feels where, this right, and that was within need, two weeks. This is of where you need here. to be. Yeah. Um, and prior to that, was like just like when I came back from Australia. When I came to Australia for, for one week, just to um, I think it was at a student conference. And I came back. It was just shortly after our honeymoon. I said. I think we need to go to Australia. And it was just that, that intuitiveness and going, okay. And you leaning into it and going, all right, like this may be happening. And obviously there's process to actually make that happen. But there's also, there's also due diligence. Like I'm, I just don't want people to think that, all right, throw caution to the wind. My intuition says, eat this. I'm going to eat this chocolate bar. I'm on a Mars bar diet now. It says, this feels right to me. I guess it, it's it's combination of everything, as Randy's saying. It's that intuition, it's that instinct, it's that cognition, and your life experience with it as well. Mm. I think we're just trying to say that there's an important. It's, it is. It does play an important aspect in our lives. How tuned into it are you? How aware of you? How aware are you? of these yeah. things happening in your life and are you leaning into it and using it? Well, that's the key. Like we're, what we're saying is that most people will avoid their intuition because they will so they will they will go to the higher level of cognition and start thinking about well, it's it. It's head and heart, isn't right. it? Do you exactly. listen to your head or your heart? And there's many times where I have not listened to my heart and it always keeps on coming back. 
you know, autonomous. It keep like that same scenario. It might be a year later, five years later. It's like, oh, you know what? Like, this is what it's telling me. You know, I've sat on projects for a long time and sometimes I go and, you know what? It's finally come back. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should listen to it this time. So I'm not suggesting I do everything to my heart, but these, these moments of decisions in my life have all happened or started with an intuitive thought. You're absolutely right. It's about the question I would have for you is if when you have intu- something you intuitively sh- know that you should do or decide on, what if you just explored it? We're not asking you to decide on it. We didn't just go, oh, I think I need to move to Sydney. We just like packed up and everything, right? Well, we kind of did. (laughs) We talked about it for about a year, actually. If you think about it, you'd been dropping seeds for about a year that you wanted to get out of business. It wasn't feeling right, possibly moving somewhere else. So it had been percolating in the subconscious. Yeah, sometimes it takes time, but it's the thought process going, what if we just explored it? Like, what if you just explored the idea? Not necessarily act on it. But that's what I was talking it. about in our last podcast, that I tend to close doors and you tend to say, you know what, let's keep the door open, let's explore it, and then we can always say no and close that door further down the road. Exactly. And and having fallen, because I can guarantee you every single person who, you know, if you're listening to this, you there is something that you know and you intuitively know you should do, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be hard or not. Um, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's easy, but most of the time it's a hard thing for you to do. What if you just explored it? Like, what if you just took one small little step? Like, just to even think about it and percolate and go, what if you leaned into it and, and see where it goes? Because you don't know what happens on the other side, right? Because you're just suggesting as well, well I can't do that because X, right? But what if you did? How would your life be different? How would your life be, um, you know, ch- challenged? It might, nothing might happen, right? Nothing might change. But what if it did? And then all of a sudden now you're dictating and designing your own life the way you want to, where your heart tells you to. You don't have to follow someone else's advice or where their path, looking at Facebook and things like that's the life I want to. No, like what if your heart tells you to move in this direction? And what if you lean into that? How would your life be different a month from now, five years from now, or 10 years from now? I think most of us know that the worst part about this is that we will go through at the end of our life, we will all at some point know that we're going to be, you know, we're going to die. And that, but just before we die, before we die, we're going to ask the question goes, did we live a good life? Do you have any regrets? And we, I don't want people to live with that regret of going, what if I just did that? What if I made that decision back then? And that's all we're asking is explore the opportunity to explore that intuitive thought and go, what does it tell you? I think being aware of your intuition and leaning into it, I think what will happen is that you, there'll be a whole new world that opens up to you and whole new possibilities that actually will happen. Well, my intuition's telling me this podcast is over and that I would really like a chocolate chip cookie right now. <laughs> so I'm going to follow my intuition and go and find a chocolate chip cookie somewhere in this house. <laughs> or bake it. Yeah, I'm going to start baking right now. So guys, go to facebook.com, go to Inside Champions Mind, like us there and comment and let us know when... Give us a story, actually. I'd love to hear your story of intuition. I'd love to hear your it's story really cool. of where maybe you follow your intuition and how it actually happened and share it to the world because I love to hear those type of stories. Go to wellnesscouch.com, obviously, to find out more about our podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a great rating up there. That would be really appreciated. So this has been Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do by following your intuition. This is Lawrence <laughs> Tam. And Karen. See you on the next episode. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.